get a phrenologist on to discuss Gavin Barwell's fucked up head slash face. <laughs> yeah, I think we need an expert bringing in on that. We've already had our sort of speculative opinion on it. Do you want to play? Start like talking. Oh, I can do a cephalogy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, a cephologist talking about oh, Gavin Barwell's fucked up face. You just bring in a polling expert <laughs> to be like. <laughs> John Curtis, the only man yeah. looking sicker than fucking Gavin Barwell at any given moment. <laughs> John Curtis's hobby is just eugenics. Oh, God, yeah. Like, he <laughs> fucking loves eugenics. And this isn't libeling him, because the man's been dead for 20 years. And they just buzz him every time there's a local or national election on. So, <laughs> you can't libel the dead. And I'm not libeling John Curtis anytime soon. The new phrenology of the left. Let's fucking go, then, I guess. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And, of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. In the, you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we have to the hard left agenda, printing money, national Organisation, oh, post-election sober gathering yes. of where we're at and what to do next. It's Real Politic with me, Kieran Morris. And me, Jack Frayne reed And we have got a show for you. Now, this been a, <laughs> it's been a weird week coming down from, you know, the euphoria of <laughs> the, uh, the result last week. This time last week? Fuck me. It's been a week and it feels like a fucking eternity. It's been brilliant, but obviously it's been tumultuous. Yeah, just new developments every day that, you know, as Danny Dyer would say, just kind of freak you nut. Yeah. To this day. To this day. Like, (laughs) we still don't have a government. Yeah. Like, we still don't know what the fuck's going on with the Queen's speech. That's delayed till, like, the fucking end of the month. There's been a reshuffle. Yeah, there's been a reshuffle. Two reshuffles. Government reshuffle and our reshuffle. Shall we talk about the reshuffle? Let's talk about the reshuffle, but which reshuffle? Because as you said, there's multiple reshuffles. Which of the reshuffles are we reshuffling? Well, not the shit reshuffle, not like the Tory reshuffle, because that yeah. nothing happened there. Michael Gove is back. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the main headline, I think. Gove slimed is... Slimed his way back in. Environment Secretary. Yeah, that's it. And he's like, he wanted fucking global warming to be removed from the national curriculum when he was Education Secretary. He's just a fucking ghoul. He's a fucking just, danger. Like, yeah, he has never <laughs> given anything positive to this country. He just exists to, like, smirk his fucking face off and just... 
just do bad things. I don't really know of any other politician who's just so set in his ways to just do bad things every time he's anywhere near any kind of power. Like, I fucking hate him, and I fucking hate his wife. I hate the, <laughs> like, the corner of England, which we now know is significantly smaller than we thought. The corner of England that those two fucking represent. Mm. Oh, God, he's no welcome sight back in any fucking cabinet. He's a... I hate him. Fucking creep. Yeah, and he was sort of immortalised in that meme where his sort of weird, rubber-lipped, guppy face, he was just sort of sitting there clapping away. And it was just... You can't fucking clap. Yeah, it was the most bizarre. Like, he was scared to, like, touch his own hands. Like, he was trying to keep a little bit of distance from himself. Like You can imagine it being all, like, completely Howard Hughes. (laughs) lives in a fucking bubble like drinking his his own piss yeah like um we've said (laughs) that's how i remember the the anyway (laughs) we have not stopped the libel we're never gonna stop the libel (laughs) i just remember that scorsese film the aviator as like dicaprio with a big fucking beard walking around a darkened mansion swigging piss out of big jars (laughs) and i think michael gove that's exactly what I think what he's doing in Surrey every single day. Yeah. He puts his nice suit back on to go see the cameras, but when he's back in, he's just disheveled, he's fucking five stone two, <laughs> chugging, like, piss from different weeks. That's when he gets on Twitter and just gets into, like, fucking repulsive fashion nerd mode, which, I mean, is generally how he approaches any cabinet brief. But he sort of he gets on Twitter and he's like, oh, these snowflakes are triggered... And it's like, fuck it's like what off. the fuck's you're, going you're on? You're like a fucking 50 or whatever year old man, like, embarrassing. Podgy faced fucking creep who'd like, <laughs> he's mainly talking to like children or like sort of younger people, having like been the education secretary for most of their lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's two libels against Michael Gove. <laughs> what? Um, other Indirect. There's, there's Damien Green. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> who, back. Who we don't even need to start libeling, we can just gesture to his, you know, nefarious criminal past. <laughs> his office yeah. is getting knocked down in the middle of the night. What happened with Damien Green? I don't fucking know. I, I remember Damien Green from being of that Dennis McShane, Eric Joyce era of, holy shit, politicians are just getting arrested all the time. <laughs> like, for just, like, corruption and shit and fighting. Uh, Damien Green was, like, the Tory one of them, and I just remember, like, his face being really fu- Oh. He's a weird-looking guy. He's like Michael Chiklis. Like, he's got that sort of, like, sort of stony bollock look to his face. <laughs> Is Michael Fabricant still in Parliament? I know they're not going to stick him in the cabinet because he's, he's you know, he's Michael Fabricant. But did he lose his seat or what? I think he's still about. I think he took the Corbyn twibbon off his um, ABI. Oh, did he? I, I yeah, mean, that's a shame. What? Is he not still welcoming Labour's imminent destruction of the polls? Well, apparently Corbyn? not, as surprised as you are. And I know, like, his WhatsApp group with Jacob rees Mog and Jess Phillips and Lucy Powell, and, and they've all taken down their private twibbons, which is, <laughs> I think, a mark of respect, but of solemnity. And all of them are just wondering about, like, lost ducklings around Parliament now, not knowing who to bitch to, not being on the in crowd anymore. I think we should all start to feel sorry for the life they now have, because, God, imagine how sad you would be if you saw what happened last, sad. last Thursday. Sad, Increasingly sad and tragic and pathetic. And it's fucking great to see. Like, Michael <laughs> Fabrigan, I think because he pitches at such a high level of absurdity at any given moment, just for the fucking way he looks, mm. like... 
no one goes in on him for like his his stupid name. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, like I can't even just like the fact that we're talking normally about some guy called fucking Michael Fabrican is just like <laughs> it's like seriously like, like the worst fucking Evelyn War character. He sounds like a washing novels. powder salesman. Yeah, he's not coming to your door. He's like, yeah, I think it's because of the fabric in his name. But he's like, think, like this will soften one. your garments right up. And he looks like a supremely young Bernie Eccleston, <laughs> like that same vile fucking hair, oh, wig, God, hair yeah. thing. I don't fucking know. That's what I don't even remember his individual facial features. That's probably what he wants because he wants me to remember that stupid fucking hair. But I do, and it's distressing every time I see him. I'm like. Who's this fucking poor guy they've wheeled out from the street to talk about? But, oh, it's a it's a sitting MP who looks <laughs> like I'm just looking at him like now. Shit. That, that can't be real. That can't be his real hair. Even that, if it no, even if it is, there is a lot of dye in that hair. It doesn't <laughs> look like it fits on his head. No, he's definitely if a haired man at all, a grey haired man. Wait, who the fuck is that in the in the background of his photo? Look in the background. I'm about of, to find out. Of this Michael is great, Fab- radio by the way. Look in the background of Michael Fabricant's fucking profile picture on Twitter. There's just like some fucking bloke like just like is it no are they are they like is that a donald trump cutout underneath it like there's two faces behind what is this what's he holding what's he who it looks like fucking um it looks like mac from it's always sunny in philadelphia the top guy i'm I'm pretty sure that's donald trump under it i'm about to find out what the fuck Oh, that's George Michael. Oh, it's that's George young Michael. George Michael and Donald Trump. What? What the fuck? What? That's bizarre. This is really weird. Really weird. He's got like he looks like Stan Sitwell from Arrested Development. It's that like clunkily obvious that his hair's not his own, and it does look like his eyebrows might fall off as well. Oh my god! It looks so like yeah. It's all like in different places. In, oh my god, he's photo. always looked like this. What if you search Michael Fabricant, young? Uh, well, I'm, so- <laughs> I'm just going through his pictures. Sorry, so Michael Fabricant, the suggested searches when you Google images of him are wig, moustache, and celebrity wig wearers. I found an even fucking better thing. Oh my, oh my god. What? I did not fucking see me getting a headline like this, but this is... Tory MP Michael Fabricant forced to eat coffee whitener at gunpoint. <laughs> that, that's from the Telegraph in 2008. He described how Colombian soldiers forced him at gunpoint to eat some coffee whitener to prove that it wasn't cocaine. <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, what? He was taken for a drug smuggler. When he didn't drop dead, they believed him. <laughs> and yeah. They let him carry on his journey. Because they said, like, if he ate it, it would kill him. And so they like they made him eat a whole tin of coffee, mate. Oh, a whole tin, okay. A whole tin of coffee, oh, mate. He said oh, it was really, God. really, like, awful. I bet. Because he loves trekking, apparently. He was just trekking in Colombia, <laughs> which is he... fucking suspect. Does he have a wig when he treks? Oh, I can't imagine he would. His hair looks considerably greyer in this one, in the picture in the Telegraph article. Yeah, look, it looks fucking, like, bright blonde in, in his Twitter profile picture. I'm seeing him wear a sort of Goldilocks wig here. This is just Michael Fabricant as well. This is just this search. And, like, he's just in a lot of really disgusting, like... He looks like a Harry Enfield character. That's it. It's that smile. Oh, fuck. 
what has he got? Watsits on his head as a wig. I think I've just seen that bit. No, that's Bob Mortimer. Oh, that's Bob Mortimer. Why is it suggesting? Is it like why is Chad Evans just come up? Oh, that's why. Because Michael Fabrican backed him. Oh, for fuck's sake! (laughs) He should be free to earn a living. Like any sort of quirky eccentric Tory. He has these fucking backwards-ass repugnant beliefs. Yeah, like, you can count on them to, like, think the most disgusting shit. Like, the most backwards, disgusting shit imaginable. And still just get laughed up by fucking Have I Got News For You. This is a lot of fabricant (laughs) material. We've got to keep it all in. Yeah. We'll have to keep in all the fabricant stuff. All of the fabricant material. (laughs) Alright, so, we've established that the conservative reshuffle has gone down pretty tediously, that the only sort of big shock has been the speedy replacement of Theresa May as Prime Minister by Michael Fabricant. That's the world we live in now. That's been an exciting development in politics. However, they're not the only party to have had a reshuffle. Oh no, the best party. The best party. The very, very, very best party in UK politics, the Liberal Democrats. <laughs> they have had a reshuffle at the top, whereupon oh, yeah. seemingly a still very big influence in the party, Brian Paddock, who I had forgotten had existed, and the last time I saw him was when he was chewing through a kangaroo's anus on I'm a Celebrity <laughs> about a, six or seven years ago. He's in the Lords, isn't he? And he was their health spokesperson. Yeah, and he resigned. I didn't even know they had a health spokesperson. I didn't yeah. even know they had <laughs> the health The Lib Dems have a fucking shadow cabinet. It's cute, isn't it? Yeah. Still to this moment, I could not tell you more than five Liberal Democrats. That includes Clegg and Lembit Opic. Like, <laughs> I've forgotten the rest. There's uh, Julian Swinson, Vince Tory, uh, and a bunch of Melts and Toads. Oh, the boss baby's back. The Ed boss Davey. baby. Wait, is he? Ed, I always confuse him and Ed Vasey. Oh, I don't know. I don't, the one yeah, who looks like a non-entities. big baby man. <laughs> what about David Laws? Is he back? Oh, I don't think he's back. Good. Good. Sort of like he, I don't want to have to look at him. him. I mean, yeah, he was pure was Cameronian conservative. He yeah. would have been a fantastic chief sec to the treasury under Cameron mm. because he was one of those Lib Dems that for some fucking reason ended up in the Lib Dems. <laughs> and he lasted, what, 12 days? And then got yeah. shit canned for expenses because <laughs> the Liberal Democrats were just not prepared for power. Not but anyway, as prepared as they will be this time around. They've been getting ready, haven't they? But Brian Paddock. Brian Paddock. So what happened with him? Oh, yeah, he resigned. <laughs> we like, he so did. Like Brian Paddock. Right, okay. Okay. Brian Paddock. Bri- Brian Paddock. Brian Paddock. Are we playing Brian Paddock chess? <laughs> I'm trying to sort of sit back and... Brian play. Paddock! Brian Paddock. Brian Paddock. Shit! Checkmate. <laughs> okay, we're good, we're good. Alright, that's settled then. So Brian <laughs> Paddock resigned from the Lib Dem shadow cabinet that they apparently have. And that was all it took for Timmy Boy to come crashing down. <laughs> well, I don't think that was the main thing, was it? I mean, I think there was, uh, you know, there have been certain forces pushing Tim Farron in a direction that was out of the Liberal Democrats. Forces beyond all of our control. (laughs) Forces far above any one individual listening to this podcast or not listening to this podcast. That is the power of Tom Foster. 
<laughs> the autoristic power of, of our boy at T Foster underscore ninety four, who directed a series of extremely compelling attack videos that weren't they weren't official labour propaganda, but they might as well have been. We somehow killed the momentum of the Liberal Democrat campaign within days. days. Yeah. Literally, it just happened. So the election was announced, and the Tories had this crazy poll lead, and people were still saying this stupid fucking thing, like, oh, the Lib Dems, they're the real opposition. And so that I became was like, a thing by then. Yeah, so I was like, well, we can't have that, can we? So I thought that although we should definitely go very hard at the Conservative Party, we should start the campaign by making sure that we take the Liberal Democrats out of the running as serious contenders. So the strategy that we devised for this was essentially the Linton Crosby strategy. Not far from it. Not really far, not from, far it from it at all. Like, as our friend at Jules D said, we put a dead frog on the table. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and so the idea was we just repeat these sort of sometimes quite well-founded, sometimes entirely baseless smears. And never entirely baseless. Sometimes quite spurious smears about Tim Farron. Round the clock tweeting about them, making videos about them, and then other people will start making memes about them. Everyone will start making those jokes, because, you know, on the internet, you know, you make a joke, people will make variations of that joke, you know, it's kind of like... It sticks around, it yeah, it's the narrative a little bit. Yeah, it's not just sort of like your own property, if you come but up with it. before you know it, like, what that joke is ends up being what people think when they see Tim Farron. And by the end of the election, people didn't even see him as the fucking leader of the Liberal Democrats anymore. They saw milk, they saw <laughs> gay frogs, they yeah. saw fucking eyebrows and that disgusting grimace of his. <laughs> like, they heard those awful, like, snippets from conference that Tom put in. Yeah. In the back of they saw him running down the street. Nobody <laughs> took him seriously. And I just remember thinking, remember where I was, I was revising my exams when like it was the first day after the election had been called the Lib Dems launched and they were like you know we're going to be the voice of the 48% we're ready for this election we're going to be the official opposition you know we're going to take seats all up and down the country and all the media pictures back then were triumphant as well like Tim commanding a room Tim looking sort of evangelical which he so often does yeah and then he just got moored on the rocks within days and then I remember about three weeks into the campaign I saw him come up in the Guardian like they did an interview with him in the Guardian I was like oh shit <laughs> he yeah. exists fuck yeah. I forgot about that like obviously <laughs> the manifesto leak and the social care stuff there did go about like this is hand on heart honesty about a week well, and this is big for me a week where I didn't think about Tim Farron <laughs> that whole seven days I did generally, not fucking remember who he was there's this sort of simmering hatred inside you that sort of with you at all times yeah and it was just sort of absent i've thought of like tories today that i don't even care about that i hate we just naturally shifted our attentions onto the tories as the race became more about the two main parties and what was clearly a marked ideological choice that people were presented with yeah the best thing finally happened for politics or the second best thing which is we moved back to two-party politics because folk <laughs> Smaller parties. Yeah. Fuck all this pluralism. It's socialism <laughs> or barbarism. Yeah. And eventually, when we get our way, you're not going to have the choice of barbarism anymore. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> so fuck this whole three, four party thing where UKIP are 
representing a part of the right and the Lib Dems are taking a bit of the centre and the Greens are taking a bit of the left. Fuck it. Yeah. Batten down the hatches, kill off the centre forever. Let's have a Conservative Party and a Socialist Party, especially as the Conservative Party, they just can't not show their true colours. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. They um, can't do it. They're like sort of little vanishing act they managed to pull off under Cameron, like vanishing yeah. to most, but not to everyone, because you could see in action what their yeah. policies were doing. But their presentable aspect, they are gone. They look a fucking disaster, and people just naturally don't like Tories. You know, That's just imagine if you yeah, like just imagine it's a sort of it's a it's a non scientific test, but irrespective of the poll ratings of Theresa May or David Cameron, think of all these places where they said the Tories are going to capture the Northwest, the Northeast, York, the Heartlands, all that shit that you used to hear. Just imagine an ostentatious London Tory walking into a pub there. <laughs> First thing they will think about him is not that he's posh is that he's a Tory. And secondly, they won't like him because mm. his mannerism will just be appalling and boorish <laughs> and his attitudes will just be backwards and annoying and not what they can affiliate with. Even if they find themselves more affiliating with community-based or almost labour rightist politics or, or whatever, whatever the composition of you know Nottingham or the East Midlands or anywhere is, they won't like a Tory. Because it's still a dirty word in people's minds, and with good reason. Yeah. Because people's collective memories are not as fucked as we make them out to be. And now they've lost the brilliant image they had of Theresa May, which was, she's your prime minister and just get on with your life. You're not going to hear from her, that's fine. You won't hear her or see anything she says, but she'll keep the country going. Now the elections happen. People see her, they fucking hate her, they want her out of government because she's an embarrassment. And no one's going, oh, but the Conservatives are good. It's like, oh, I, I don't like Theresa May, but I still really like the Conservative Party. No one is saying that. That's yeah. off the table. Like, like, we have oh. a huge opportunity now to take the brand we have back. So, Farron, absolutely seen off. Real sad and tragic stuff. Resigned to spend more time on his anti-fluoride campaign. <laughs> and, I mean, did we see this coming? Because when Tim Farron didn't resign after the general election, like in the immediate mm. aftermath, I was kind of like, well, I, you know, maybe he has weathered the storm. Like the Lib Dems did gain a few seats. You know, not an altogether terrible showing for them at the election, considering just how miserable their performance in 2015 was. But I guess I was just kind of like, as we say, Farron had been taken out of a running as a serious contender. His credibility had been completely destroyed by the fact that for, like, days at the start of the election, everyone was just memeing the shit out of him and gay frogs. To the and extent. milk. And yeah, milk. and milk. And milk. But, but the milk thing wasn't as compelling a line of questioning for journalists in the mainstream media, was oh, it? Oh, Christ, they no. Didn't... It, it just <laughs> Tim! Tim, Tim, please answer this question. I've asked you it ten times. Mr. Farron, you haven't given us an answer. Why do you look like a total cunt when holding milk? <laughs> Why but... do you look like you enjoy skimmed milk? <laughs> he wants to fuck milk. <laughs> <laughs> we can That's... say it now. He's out of the political scene forever. He likes to fuck milk. <laughs> he dips his dick in a carton of milk. Oh. He loves it. Does he do it that... slowly or does he just hammer at it and make it <laughs> 
You know, he had a picture of Thatcher up on his wall as a teenager. Oh, my God. When, when he joined the Liberal Democrats was when he found out about her milk policy. Oh, my God. He was God. like, I'm not having this snatching bullshit. He, yeah, he couldn't take that. Like, <laughs> I don't approve of this. And that was when he decided that despite his rampant right-wing evangelical religious conservative beliefs, he would join a Liberal Party with a view to one day becoming its leader. <laughs> I'm just imagining him blubbing his eyes out, taking the Thatcher poster off the wall when he found out. Like, just bawling his eyes out. (laughs) Devastated, heartbroken at what he found out. Tim basically resigned because he couldn't reconcile being the leader of a liberal party with being a practicing Christian. He said he basically resigned in order to stay faithful to Jesus Christ, didn't he? Yeah, which is fucking bizarre, no matter what, (laughs) how you look at it. Like, I'm not, like, a big sort of atheist bro or anything like that i think that fucking sucks more than anything it's just fucking surreal this yeah. is 2017 and on one hand we have fucking hardline protestant bible thumping scum yeah, dictating how our government goes but then we have someone purporting to be the leader of the main centrist party resigning on religious grounds yeah i mean what what fucking world have we gone into? Absolutely bizarre. <laughs> it's just funny quite how zealous he is. He's not just some run-of-the-mill religious person who kind of has their beliefs, may keep it to themselves. I mean, Blair was a practicing Christian. Brown was a practicing Christian. Labour was basically a liberal party when they were running it. David Cameron, another liberal leader, was a practicing Christian. Although, you know, maybe he just said it just for the fuck of it. Like, I don't think he's that arsed. But, you know, all these people have managed to be centrist politicians and pretty big into jesus like why couldn't he just fucking <laughs> drop it a bit how can like it, it's really worrying and i think really for everyone to think that, like, yeah that like god has made demands of him that have made sure that he can't continue being leader <laughs> like in this world not only is he a devout practicing christian but he's one who is being told by a higher power that he must put more time in yeah next vicar who is at the point now where he's resigning from being leader of a leading political party because he hasn't put time into god i mean ugh, it's clearly it's it's covering something like which whatever it is that he's trying to sort of but like <laughs> but also there's rumors about possible coalition deals that might yeah. be in the pipeline with the government no. it could be some kind of preemptive thing on that resigning while like saying absolutely fucking not basically Potentially, just resigning yeah. on the strangest possible note so no yeah. one would know what was going on if because you're putting your tinfoil hat on. For a long time, we did criticise Tim Farron for not ruling out a coalition government with the Tories, despite the fact that he ruled one out with Labour. However, he did actually, to his credit, eventually say that we won't be going into coalition with the Tories, we won't be doing any deals. So perhaps he could be taking the fall for his party. Who knows? If we do want to put on our tinfoil hats, you know, have a sip of that fluoride water, then yeah, maybe the Lib Dems have said, well, if we associate the no coalition strategy with Farron, then that could mean the rest of us can just be like, nah, that was his call. We actually disagree. We like the Tories. We think can I just good. say, like, it would be so good. Like, I'm happy <laughs> to see this whole, like, DUP coalition thing fall apart. Fine kick them back to fucktown Belfast or wherever the fuck they came from. Like, <laughs> no offence intended to any of our Northern Irish listeners. I 
wish you uh, yeah, peace I, and like, unification. Uh, half my family are Northern Irish, and I'm personally on the other side, so it's cool. Oh, that's fine then. <laughs> like, that's uh, absolutely yeah, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm clear. I'm but I, well, I actually, no, well, like... no, 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 not religiously, actually. My Northern Irish grandfather was a Protestant priest. But, oh. but politically, I come down on the side of the Catholics, so it's a difficult situation for me. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think I can keep recording with someone with Protestant origins. I, I might have to resign my position on the show. It's, it's a point of principle. Like, I get orders from Hell, the Pope, he's dead and now he's anyway. pretty clear on this shit. I killed him. <laughs> I killed him for a united island. <laughs> I had to prove my loyalty to the fucking Ra. Chucky our I fucking hope none of my family are listening to I'm this. I'm sure like... they're not. <laughs> <laughs> it can't keep up. Like, it's just we're putting the episodes out at too fast a rate. That's what I hope if we just put out so much content that no cunt can possibly get through at all. That's like, the hope. Fucking Paul Stain's just like, I can't be asked to listen to all of this shit he's just sitting there he's he, he has an acid tab he's got his fucking photo album of the contras at his side which has been leafing through the memories he's i hope just... like the extra effort it would take to listen to all of our podcasts accelerates his heart rate so much that it literally fucking kills him <laughs> i would never be happier <laughs> than to know that i have at least indirectly played a part in paul stains death paul stains listens to this episode and then he's like oh time for bed he walks up the stairs, he pulls his cardboard cut out of Diane Abbott, <laughs> out of the cupboard. Paul Staines has a massive coronary. Oh, mate, I would crowdfund <laughs> for his heart to give in. But back on um, to the point of the Tory and Lib Dem coalition. Yeah, yeah, More yeah. than the DUP, I would love that. I don't want to get all Kevin Keegan about it, but, like, I would love it if they went into coalition with the Lib Dems. I would love it, because do you know what we're talking about if we have that kind of government in front of us? Literally, like, a 150-seat majority. We take every last fucking wavering Lib Dem voter. We finally have an answer to, you know, you vote Liberal, you get Tory. Back. Yeah. It's happened twice in seven years. Join the fucking Labour Party, vote for the Labour Party, and we'll, we'll get a 150-seat majority if they go into coalition. It will be the best possible thing for us. Oh, the so best high. possible thing. It would be... Oh, mate. I am praying that Norman Lamb and fucking shit Bob fuckle pants, like, whoever the fuck they have, like, negotiating for them. Some other fucking noma. I, I say, out of Lib Dems, I say Norman Lamb, and yeah. I'm scrambling. Yeah, who are we putting our bets on for next Lib Dem leader? I don't well, know. I'm... Fucking Cyril Smith. <laughs> like, Chris Hewn, and, like... <laughs> His fucking dodgy driving license. Like, <laughs> I really know very little about the Liberal Democrats. The people whose names I hear mentioned are Joe Jolyon Swinson, who has just returned to Parliament, and Vince Cable, who has just returned to Parliament. And I don't know what that says about the Lib Dems when all their MPs are sort of like, they're so fucking shit that they held actual cabinet positions, then lost their seats. They've only just got back in all the potential leaders. And, like, Vince Cable just, like, he looks like the fucking saddest sack of shit in the world. And Like, it's fucking doddery is... old wimpy face permanently yeah. in this, oh, sorry, kind of, like, apologetic... I, I, I used to think he was creep. a thinker. I used to think he was intellectually credible. Oh, because he's literally the only politician involved with the government that acknowledged that something happened in 2008 that wasn't well, the Labour government's fault. Yeah, but nobody who co-signed George Osborne's plans is in any way credible. So no. yeah, I mean, like, worked fuck. with him for fucking five years at the Treasury. Like, and fuck yeah, you. We saw how that worked out. He had a pretty senior role. And eat a dick.
<laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Come back, you fucking old bastard, and we'll do you in. Like, <laughs> we will do, We will make mincemeat of you. You can't have this well-liked old hand-on-the-tiller niche anymore, because we've got Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we've got John McDonnell. And yeah. we've got economic thinkers, so you don't have that niche anymore. And everyone mm. fucking hates the liberals, everyone hates you personally. Come back <laughs> and be leader. Go join the government. Let's fucking have it. We'll see you in two months' time. We'll take your seat back. <laughs> fucking Tory Twickenham knobhead. We'll take your seat back. We'll take all your fucking seats. Every last one of them. You will be extinguished as a party. Come back. Come back. Come back into fucking power. Fucking do <laughs> I it. I fucking dare you. I fucking <laughs> dare you. The, the Lib Dems. They're shit. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> fuck a lot of them, eh? We fucking right? killed them. They're that easy. Yeah, like, we're not picking ourselves up here. The fact Tragic. that we can fucking kill a political the failing party. Failing Lib Dems. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Yeah, we we fucking we fucking killed Tim Farron's whole career. We fucking did it. It was us. It's the fucking scalp for us. And yeah. we're taking more. We are taking more and more and more and more and more. This is what this podcast is going to be. Yeah, uh, this is yeah. our plan for the future. You come at Corbyn. You're going to get fucked. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm delighted to know that we can do this using full names. Former Shadow Chancellor Chris Leslie. Who will always be former Shadow Chancellor Chris Leslie. Mentioned more times in The Guardian than the days he actually spent as Shadow Chancellor. Yes, the former Shadow Chancellor of, like, a couple of weeks, who is known around the halls of Westminster for his incredible aptitude for photocopying. Not only that, but his phenomenal propensity to turn that photocopying skill into some good, hard, old-fashioned, all-American leaking. Yeah, so we were asked to talk about this on the show, but it was said that we'd have to tiptoe around his name. However, the boy Owen Hathaway, in a new article, pause while I find this Owen Hathaway article. Bollocks, mate. Ah, mate. So, the writer Owen Hathaway, friend of the show, wrote an article for N Plus One magazine called A New Hope for Britain, which I'd really recommend. And it's Hathaway's take on the general election. And, well, you can tell from its uh, its Star Wars-y title, which is an allusion to the 1983 manifesto for so-called longest suicide note in history, that Hathaway obviously finds a considerable amount of hope in the Corbyn project, but the most beautiful bit is right towards the start, and it means that we don't have to tiptoe around saying who was alleged to us to have leaked Labour's manifesto this year. So Halfley writes, Last month, Chris Leslie, a minor MP on the party's right, who served for a few weeks in 2015 as Shadow Chancellor, That's allegedly, the way to it. allegedly leaked the draft of the 2017 Labour manifesto for the many, not the few. Although Matt Zob cousin did say on Agitpod... The failing Agitpod. <laughs> he did say that he'd heard conflicting rumours about who leaked it. However, Leslie was the one who, it was said to me, had leaked it. And leaked it with a quote to the Daily Mirror of there yeah. being a policy for every special interest group. Yeah, exactly. Putting in perspective the contempt that Chris Leslie has for any kind of organised group in society that fights individually for gains in its community that would alleviate its problems, as well as fighting collectively. That's Chris Leslie all over. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot about how he's just sort of such a right-wing prick that he read the manifesto and he was just like, Whoa! 
Whoa, this is horrifying. Oh my god. Nationalization without compensation. The, the, the hard left. The hard left. The printing uh, money. Printing money. Shutting down moderate voices. And so he thought, oh my, everyone's just going to think that this is the most ludicrous fairy pixie land magic money tree fucking all those facile phrases kind of wildly unrealistic left-wing agenda and so he allegedly was like i'll leak this and labor will be a fucking laughing stock and then he leaked it and everyone liked the policies everyone <laughs> fucking loved them it was um, the best thing that happened to us because it kick-started our campaign and made it all about policy from the yeah. off. So thanks, Chris Leslie. Thank like, you, Thank Chris. you. Like, you got the people talking about socialism. You got it into the papers early when we had two chances to dominate the news cycle. And we fucked you up. You thought you were going <laughs> to derail us. You thought you were going to sign the fucking death warrant of this movement within this party. And you mollified us far beyond what you could have ever imagined. So thank you, Chris Leslie. Far from being a sad, bitter and lonely man, to quote <laughs> the newest absolute boy on the block, Clive Lewis, who we welcome yeah, back Clive's into the Yeah, good fold. again, baby. He's good again. We'll forgive and forget that article in The Guardian he did about the Progressive Alliance with Caroline Lucas. We'll take no it, one it's fine. No one reads that failing publication anyway. Exactly. It's a sad and tragic spectacle. Shakespearean almost. He's good again. Happening there. And yeah, he's going at Chris Leslie again. again, and that's great. He went like, at Chris Leslie twice, actually. Uh, there was a quote from a New Statesman today that said, Clive Lewis, a Corbyn supporter and former shadow cabinet minister, told me that Leslie needed to go down into a darkened room, lie down for a while, and come back and support Jeremy Corbyn. If he can't do that, then he should consider his position as a Labour MP. <laughs> So he is Cli good again. Clive has received some serious stick since calling Chris Leslie a sad, lonely, bitter man, increasingly isolated in the PLP on Radio 5 Live. Um, but actually, his... he's good. He's the greatest he hero the left ever seen. Yeah, exactly. So Clive has been criticised for this, but he's obviously putting his foot down. He's saying, look, it's ludicrous that people like Chris Leslie can go about just being utter fucking liabilities to their party and they still get this kind of reverential praise in the media because they're right wing basically yeah and still get fucking Chris Leslie and still get we know the media is fucking former shadow chancellor yeah and it's been a pet sort of thing of mine for so long now and i've just been getting angrier and angrier and angrier <laughs> every single day now to see him defamed and mocked is just marvelous it's great yeah, and hardly anyone apart from fucking penis, penis, penis has come out to defend him. Of course, fucking penis, penis, penis dives in. That's their tendency now. The shittest tendency in the Labour Party. Just whining little knobheads on the back benches, improbably still in their seats, having fucking accepted jobs much more lucrative in preparation for losing them. <laughs> having no thanks whatsoever to the voters to put them in. Just trying to shit stir in the saddest way, in a way that isn't even getting any purchase in the public anymore. You know, that Leslie line of, oh, it's okay, but he could have won. It could have been 97 with that Tory campaign. It's like, no one thinks that. Yeah, no one it's thought fucking that. ludicrous. You don't go from two days before the poll or a day before the poll, we're going to get crushed worse than 1931, to yeah. this Tory campaign was so bad that it could have been fucking double the size of 1997. And everyone knows, like, their figures don't even add up anymore. We're in such a strong position that you really can't keep saying that we haven't done well. You literally can't keep saying it. It's yeah, an improbable thing to say. Now. And Labour's surge in the polls has actually continued.
continued post-election. So the last time we spoke, we were six points ahead in, I think, a Salvation poll who had pretty accurately predicted the result of the general election. But today, something even more striking is favorability ratings of the two main leaders. Oh boy. So May's favorability rating has dropped 13 points to 29%, whereas Jeremy Corbyn's has risen 10 points to 46%. Her unfavorability rating is on 63%, which is up 16 points, whereas Corbyn's is on 46%, which is minus 4. So Corbyn's favorability rating is pretty strong there. I think we can erode that unfavorability rating a bit there. It's yeah. Not, we're not making quite the progress I'd like to, but it's still uh, impressive. His popularity is steadily rising, and May, oh my god, what a catastrophic downfall. She's in Somebody who is being bigged up as this kind of political colossus a couple of months ago. All those incredibly, these stately photos of her, before she had her current, like, John Harris pudding base and haircut like when she had like you know it was her hair was slicked back and sort of it was this very I think it was the New York Times who did it or something Mm. there were all these photo ops with her sort of like look at me I am a leader she was Um, in complete control yeah exactly and everyone was just licking her ass. she has been fucking crushed She's Someone a joke. Someone needs to just... If there's anyone from CCHQ listening, apart from, yeah. you know, your agitprop department that you've got tucked away somewhere, just <laughs> please relate to your bosses. It's time. Get, Do you reckon most the of our audience are just Tory agitators? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've been directing Tory policy as well as Labour policy. We are... And Liberal Democrat policy. We are the podcast at the heart of government. That We've been styling that since day one. We've yeah. always been a podcast of government. I believe our <laughs> rightful role is to be a podcast of government, and we always will be. But... I know what we should do. Let's start bossing around the SNP all the time as well, because if there's one thing Scottish people really like, it's English people giving them... <laughs> SMP retire, bitch. Yeah, constant advice on what to do. You're fucked. Yeah. You fucking blew it. You completely fucking blew it. Like, you are, we I'm, were I'm shit eating a skittle in Scotland. For you. Fuck we off. were shit in Scotland. And yeah, we, we were somehow, awful. somehow held on and made modest gains against the SMP's freefall fucking disaster. Yeah. And we were so bad. Look how fucking awful you have been. <laughs> dawdling about in power in Scotland for so long now doing fuck all no one liking you and no one really wanting independence anymore your time in the sunlight is over it's time to get back to the shade and just be a small minority interest group independence at some point that kind of milk toast party that you deserve to be for all you've really shown yourself to be in power fuck off and die fuck off and <laughs> die the SNP give us our seats back Retire, Stop. bitch. Yeah, let fucking Labour take back. Not Colin Sturgeon a bitch, by the way. That's collect- no, no, no. All the, the collective SMP. Yeah. Alex Salmon, ha, you already lost your seat, bitch. You sack of shit. <laughs> Angus Useless Robertson. fucking worm. <laughs> Mel. Anyway, so Labour had a reshuffle as well. 
Yeah, I don't even really know where. I think like Ian Lavery moved to chair of the party. Excellent, good move. Yeah, Tom Watson gets shit-canned again. Excellent, needs to happen more. Yeah, Um, but I mean, you know, he's got his hands full with uh, the Shadow Culture brief, his uh, Drench fan website, the mistress he pays two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year from the public purse. (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly, I'm just gonna say that's a complete lie. Like, yeah. I've just made that Kieran up. Kieran is his own source there. Yeah, like, I've just made that the fuck up, like, literally just the second. I have no evidence for that. Ooh, but passy. think about it. It's probably <laughs> true. We're not telling you anything. We, you can. It's not illegal to think nasty things about Tom Watson. It's illegal for me to say that they're definitely true. But yeah. it's not illegal for you to think about Tom Watson being involved in, like, some deep sexual corruption scandal that, like, involves <laughs> stealing money from the taxpayer and involves the dirtiest, darkest stuff you can imagine being inflicted (laughs) upon him. I'm not saying that any of that is true or happens. I'm just saying, isn't it funny to think about it? And isn't it... I think it's it's true enough. (laughs) I mean, there's no evidence for it. No, no, but, but... But you can prove anything with facts. Oh, yeah, to riff on, I, I like, Brass Stewie Eye. once said. Yeah, is that Brass Eye? Oh, it was Brass Eye's, uh, <laughs> when they got Dr. Fox to say that, like, paedophiles have more in common genetically with crabs than they do with yeah. humans. <laughs> There's no evidence for it, but it is scientific fact. <laughs> So, the other big move in Labour's Shadow Cabinet reshuffle, which we actually talked about on the last episode, is that he's back, baby. It's that boy. It's that boy. Oh, that boy, he's back. It's that boy, Owen Smith. He's coming. Owen Smith back in the house. He's going to fuck Northern Ireland. (laughs) That is his strategy. He's going to bring back the power-sharing executive with his 28-inch penis. And he is going to... 29-inch penis. Please do not undersell Owen Smith's magnificent penis. Have we ever done that on the show before? I'm sorry, We have never done it. I know what you expect. Emphasize all 29 of the inches. Yeah. Get them in glistening HD. (laughs) <laughs> like we are pro Owen Smith, we always have been. We're a pro Owen yeah, Smith podcast. Him. We love it's him. Great. We're going to do um Adam on my last show, an anniversary special. Oh, I think yeah. we should do it when he launched his campaign, maybe. So yeah. around about July, we're going to do like a little retrospective of the Owen Smith campaign, the year that we've had. Our friend Owen Smith from the Shadow Cabinet. As I said, very magnanimous of Corbyn to invite his mortal enemy Owen Jones back into the Shadow <laughs> Cabinet. Wait, who? <laughs> Wait, what? An Owens? No. That's a, what? No, so you're telling me that some, like, sort of sack of flesh in a suit came at the boy last year? And, like. So, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Mnuchin, I think, is uh, Trump's chief secretary of state for the treasury. Stephen Maybe Mnuchin? He, he ran against Corbyn for some reason. It was Shit. weird. That is weird. I didn't even know that was possible. Fuck. Yeah. When did this happen? Yeah, yeah look, look look, him up. Google Stephen Mnuchin. Right, okay. Don't you remember this bloke in the leadership debates with Corbyn? Wait, which one was he? Was he the one that said he could fuck ISIS? Yeah, no, he, he had a 29-inch ISIS. Whoa. And he beat off a thousand lads to get a coffee or something. Yeah, he was, uh, I don't know, like, do what you want in your spare time. But, yeah. like, <laughs> shit. No, I, I do remember this guy. Stephen Mnuchin, no United way. States Secretary of the Treasury. Yeah, no, he's come on leaps and bounds since he lost miserably to Jeremy Corbyn. No, it's great that we've got him back in. He's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's very good. Former Goldman Sachs guy, I believe. Yeah, net worth $300 million. 
film producer. I think he produced uh, the Lego movie, among other things. Why have we not had him back in the cabinet sooner? <laughs> Why did Labour not fucking jump at the opportunity to have this guy at its head? That's what I'm asking. I know. Fuck me. But, you know, we limped on. And I suppose we can all dream about a Mnuchin-led government. But, <laughs> I think we should just be happy he's back on the scene. Yeah, so we've got the Mnuch at the Shadow Northern Ireland department now, haven't we? Yeah, and I can't wait for our Mnuchin episode, actually, thinking about it. It's going to be good. Ah, oh, the Mnuch. The oh, Mnuch is the boy. Mnuch- uh, oh, it's all coming back to me now. Mnuchisms. All those, like, I'm going to hit Theresa May with my car. Like, <laughs> what was the other one? Like, oh, I'm going to knock out all of Nicola Sturgeon's teeth. <laughs> What was it he said about the Liberal Democrat? It was something uh, that if the Lib Dems had any female MPs, I'd shut them up with a gobstopper, my dick. You know, it's, yeah. uh, this this guy, he, he was very, very banterous. And I, I would have just loved go. a banter campaign. Like, I know sophologists talk about it all the time. The uncapped yeah. banter. Uh, <laughs> vote sector. But, but How much remem- banter is a vote winner? And I think we would have seen a real banter-led campaign. If, oh you remember, if you remember correctly, the Minute did actually defend some of his more controversial near-to-the-knuckle statements as banter. He used the banter defense. Yeah, uh, he rich and fact, it, baby. Yeah, in, I think, a similar time when Trump said something extraordinarily sexist and was like <laughs> it's just banter <laughs> it was amazing yeah and I'm, so, I'm, I'm glad he's back in and I can't wait so to he's like back in the cabinet the Mnuch oh my god for that episode should we just get Mnuch in and have yeah. like a shitty like 90s stand up VHS kind of cover like too rude for TV all the extreme hits all the best <laughs> lines <laughs> What else happened in the Shadow Cabinet reshuffle? Oh, Dawn Butler is back as Shadow Minister for Black and Ethnic Minority Communities, which is great because that role hadn't existed prior to when Corbyn last won the Labour leadership and created that role for Dawn Butler. Now, Dawn Butler's back and belongs in that cabinet, and I can't wait to see her in government. I can't wait to see that role acted out in government, and I can't wait to see what she's able to do. Absolutely, because Labour did have a uh, diverse communities manifesto this time around, didn't they? They had all these different manifestos, didn't they? So they had like the disability manifesto and stuff as well. Yeah. I haven't read any of those individual documents, so were they like... I think they were more detailed pledges. Document. I think it's, yeah, it's well, that, fleshed that, out policy ideas. That's really good then. That's excellent. Like There's just this huge literature on what Labour would do if they were to get into government. Like, made accessible, made yeah, like uh, put out and publicly backed. Yeah, there, there's books a are going to be fucking written well. about that campaign. I swear to God. Yeah, because you got the, it so right in every aspect. There's McDonald's costing documents as well, which people can read if they're curious about how everything is going to be accounted for. Like, oh no, I love okay. that because like people just straight up like don't think it exists. Yeah, like people are just like, oh well, no, how is he going to pay for it? There's a full costing document. Oh, but I mean, yeah. really? Like, yeah, <laughs> is it what? I mean, like higher taxes? No, come on, how is he actually going to pay for this? It's like, <laughs> no, just go back and read it. It is costed. And yeah. like, I think that, like, the idea of being costed did cut through quite successfully, but it didn't get any real critical appraisal because the journalists just treated it like it was completely ridiculous, like it was some kind of tinsel. It's like, yeah, oh, well, we've got to cost it. Oh, it's so gauche. Come and on. I think they saw that the Tories didn't cost their manifesto, 
And whilst they did sort of criticise the Tories a bit for that, like people in the press, at the same time they were just like, well, that sort of takes the onus off us having to take Labour's costing seriously because there isn't anything to compare it to. So, you know, why are they even bothering? It's like, why are they even bothering? Because this has been the total focus of political debate in Britain for the last seven years. You can't cost this, you can't cost that, you ran us out of money this time, you can't pay for it. People just really wanted to be told how you could pay for something. Yeah, Maybe that's fuck knows why. Like, yeah, I don't like, give a fuck, but... It's just, that's not how it fucking works anyway. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter that it's fully costed. We're not doing it because it's fucking value for money. Yeah. We're not putting forward an education service because it's value for money and it, like, it works out cheaper for us in the long run. It's not fucking installing a new boiler and increasing the heat efficiency of your fucking house. It's putting things forward to benefit society as a whole in intangible levels or even unquantifiable levels where you're not looking at metrics of economic growth or expected salary increases or anything like that, where you're going back to metrics like you know, the old tried and tested ones, like child poverty, like calorific intake and stuff like that, like accessibility to education, like school sizes, classes on option, teachers available, real bread and butter fucking stuff about how you improve a society. Real bread and butter stuff, and to get back to that is magnificent. And we shouldn't be talking about, oh, well, we can pay for it all. I know we need to say that, but it doesn't matter if we can't pay for it all. We'll find the money. We'll find the time, because it's not about fitting something together that works because we've got the cash down the side of the fucking couch. It's about building an entirely different country. A country with a new complexion to it, which we give every possible advantage and opportunity to with the enormous, vast power of the state. And with that, yeah. we allow the individual to go as far as they ever possibly could, unfettered by any possible obstacle. So a question from one of our listeners. Otters, the best of animals or the bestest of animals? Ooh, I don't like otters. <laughs> Ugh. Fuck off, then. Like, Seals <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. But, like, otters... I'm, d- uh... I'm done here. I like them. Yes. I follow an account on Twitter which is just like, otters with an exclamation mark. That's, that's fairly, like, that's solid. Especially if, like, it's an otter's wholesome. running the account. <laughs> like, if it's an otter running the account, then fair enough. That's I think fantastic. that was who asked us the question, actually. An otter? One of my otter pals. On Shit. Twitter. Well, you know, I don't want to offend any listeners. I'm sorry. I just haven't met enough, maybe. I don't know. I've met a few otters. And... <laughs> They've been fairly shitty to me, but it's mainly been on night out. Was one of them an otter cunt? Yeah. A just really utterly, utterly awful time. <laughs> I'm back. Sweet. So you went on like a really eloquent rant there, so I, I needed to bring the tone down. Oh, no, that's so. fine. So I asked the question about otters. Oh, that's fine. Keep it in. <laughs> I couldn't think straight because I needed a piss, so I didn't have anything valuable to contribute. That's like, fine. The full, the full bladder technique doesn't work it for doesn't. me. It doesn't. I can't concentrate. No. <laughs> fucking Cameron and Powell, man. That's, that's why their speeches are so fucking shit. Yeah, exactly, because they're just like... <laughs> He's just desperate to get off the stage. Whereas <laughs> Corbyn gets on the stage, he's had a piss, he's relaxed. He looks like know, a man he... who's had a piss. <laughs> exactly. Oh, can we exactly. leave this in? Yes, yeah, we definitely can. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's Corbyn's strategy. Like, fuck that Tory nonsense. They're saying all this shit like, oh, you, you don't piss before you do a speech and it makes it better. Like, no. No, Corbyn, he's chilled out. He's had some of the allotment stuff. He has emptied his bladder. He's all good, and that's why he can stay on stage for as long as he wants. He just keeps going, he keeps talking, 
He's not in a rush. He's a good speech maker. He really is. He is. He's, he's, a, great, a, he's a great pro. orator. People are like, oh, Corbyn's a bit of a rusty orator, isn't it? It's like, compared to fucking who? Compared to, like, oh, could Ed Miliband call Cameron, like, a fucking spunk muffin at Prime Minister's Questions once, and everyone was like, oh, that's a, that's a daring portmanteau, isn't it? It's like, fuck it off, like... Of, and Cameron's aides were just frantically scribbling, like, wank waffle, like... <sighs> and they just get stuck in that, like, mire of what they've been paying people, like, £150,000 a year to train them to talk like. But, yeah. say it quietly, but Blair was a fucking awful speechmaker. Thatcher was a fucking awful speechmaker. Cameron was a fucking awful speechmaker. These aren't orators. They're just posh people. Yeah, exactly. You know who's good? Tony Benn was good. Corbyn's good. Fucking Richard Bergen's good, actually. Yeah. That slightly kind of halting style he's got, where he sort of says a couple of words, leaves a gap, says another couple of words, leaves a gap. That works really well live. Like, really, really good. He's better than Clive. Lines. Oh, no, yeah, he's definitely a better speaker live than Clive. Yeah, we have there's some really on the good left. people on the Labour benches. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas the right, like, they've got nothing exciting to say. Nothing interesting to say. They have to actually be Prime Minister. They have to be Theresa May outside number 10. Like, when she just inherited all this power from David Cameron, then she did have this immense kind of amount of authority that was quite evident when she did these... Obviously, I despise her more than almost anyone in the world, but these kind of fairly sort of charismatic, they seemed at the time, sort of speeches outside number 10... But once she was the leader of the Conservative Party, just running a shit Conservative campaign without the authority that she had just come to in this coronation in the Tory party. She was a joke. I must admit, People I got like a so bit worried. Like, not worried about her being brilliant. But like, I remember that first interview she had when she was running for mm. Conservative leadership, when everyone was setting out their stalls and Boris was the expected candidate. And then all of a sudden, she's speaking with Sky News. And she's very at ease and she's laughing and joking a bit. You know, it's constructive. You're like... <laughs> Oh, How shit. things have like, changed. She's going to be at least a bit of a challenge to shift. Like, she's just going to be she was like joking Mrs. Prime and Minister. Laughing. And that was it. And for some reason, they were happy to do that for a bit with her when it came mm. to convincing other MPs to vote for Strong and Stable rather than the dangerous possibility of... And it's still fucking... Like, I'd love to think about it. Of Andrea Leadsom being Prime Minister. She won that by just being Strong and Stable and probably the way she'd like to present to the country. But Theresa May now... Fucking hell. This whole Grenfell thing today and her response to that... Yeah, we should, we should talk about that for dismal. a minute, yeah. It's absolutely yeah, it's dismal. She went there and, you know, the locals were very angry, actually, that she didn't talk to any of them. Yeah, she do, just, you, like, she, do you want to upset She went and she spoke to further. the emergency services, whereas Corbyn went and actually took the time to talk to everybody. And there's no point trying not to politicise something like this, because in every conceivable way, a Labour approach to this issue would be better than a Tory one. Infinitely so. Be it enforcing landlords to make sure that their properties are in accordance with health and safety regulations in the full. Because it looks like costs have been severely cut at Grenfell. And again, I'm woefully unqualified to talk about this, and I won't for too long for that reason. But, you know, it's really shocking the people in that fire they're victims of market forces yeah like writ larger the approach by capitalism to housing 
is infinitely more dangerous and infinitely worse for society as a whole than the plan in socialism. The Tories' policy approach has been completely wrong. Cutting the fire service as well is disastrous for when a huge disaster like this happens. Cutting it and moving it towards a privatised fire service. Absolutely. It's a disgrace. It's yeah, a complete so disgrace and it's neglect. Interesting. Yeah, our mate, the racist potato cunt, Ian Dale, he tweeted something like, oh, our firefighters, the best boys in the business, the great, don't you love them, uh, credit to our country. And, you know, a couple of fucking months ago, he was writing an article about how public sector workers, including firefighters, shouldn't be allowed to go on strike. Well, I was speaking scum. to a firefighter, actually, weirdly enough, the other night in the pub, and we just got to talk about the election because I'm a sad cunt and I talk about the election with basically everyone nowadays. <laughs> I said, who do you vote for? And he went, oh, Labour. And he went, why? And I said, um, said I'm a firefighter. And while well, Labour haven't really talked that much about what they can do for firefighters, which is probably something they should look to do in the wake of this. So the Conservatives offer us absolutely nothing. Nothing mm. but job precarity and less fucking funding for the very basics that they need to do their very, very, very important job. And they're yeah. completely unheralded job. They said just they get absolutely zero support. So the idea of voting conservative really is voting against their own interests because they know they're going to go into decline as yeah, a service if they continue so, that. So in every regard, the Tories' policy approach has meant that a crisis like this really does become a crisis. But it's not just that. It's just on a personal level. The sheer, the social ineptitude, the emotional tone deafness of Theresa May is astonishing. And how, like, she can't even dust herself off and be just a basic fucking politician in this situation. That's not to politicise it, but when you're a prime minister, when you're a figurehead in the way that she is, and to her party and to her core support, what a presidential figurehead she is, you can't turn out to, I hate to use the phrase, but your people, the people yeah. whom you are chosen by the parliament to represent if you can't fucking face them even if you know that there might be a chance that a journalist might sting you with a question yeah. or that an errant member of the public may say something to you that makes you look embarrassing you should be compelled to get yourself there stride the blast if you can and show deepest heartfelt fucking sympathy for what has been allowed to happen. Did you see the video of her where she was asked by, I think, the Channel 4 News journalist yeah. why she didn't go and meet the residents of the building? And she basically just said, well, I wanted to meet with the emergency services. It's like you're literally just stating what you did today. That's not an answer. Like, you don't have to pick one or the other. She's fucking weird. Like, yeah, she, seeing she, this what, happen is I don't, bad. Yeah, seeing the way she sort of interacts with people, the way she, despite being, like, the most powerful person in the country, just ducks out of all these events in the most kind of cowardly way. Like, what is with her? Get her out of government. Like, I'd rather have yeah. Boris swanning about, like, making a tear out of himself at these things, but at least, even though he's a disgusting wretch of a human being, you'd fancy him to at least feign some kind of sympathy for the victims. Just get her out of fucking government she, straight she away. She's fucking useless. She can't fucking seem compassionate. She can't seem like she cares. She's a joke. A complete She's fucking not joke. She's capable of it. She is the most yeah. bumbling, pathetic excuse of a politician in this country. Not just a prime minister, but as a politician. Nobody yeah. is doing a worse job than Theresa May. Quickly overtaking David Cameron as our worst prime minister ever. Which is staggering. We'll probably leave office being the Prime Minister in for the shortest amount of time and Andrew Bono all fucking died to get yeah. out. Like, 
to be out within about a year, year and a couple of months is fucking sad going for the most abject joke of a prime minister we have ever had. The most abject joke of a party leader that we've Sad, ever seen. tragic and pathetic. She's fucking miserable. I just yeah. how, how could you just ever wretched. be a Tory and support her? You couldn't. Yeah. How could you ever be a fucking Tory? I mean, no, exactly. Like we're, <laughs> we're not pitching to Tories here, but like no. how could anyone ever look a at Theresa May and think safe pair of hands yeah that's not even a tory thing so much because tories they don't care about actually believing in something you know they're very strategically minded so if theresa may is their leader they'll say that she's a good leader but it's more sort of like credulous liberal journalists who think they have some obligation to be sort of partial and fair to everybody as if there isn't already this kind of fanatically right-wing slant in our media they need to sort of even if they're sort of their own views are left-leading themselves they feel like they have to constantly speak up for people on the right as well just to be fair like it's like did you see that thing that went around before the what liberals are like to fascists thing someone retweeted it before it was a simpsons thing where like nelson gets handed like the love note and says oh someone likes you and then he turns around and he thinks it's millhouse and then like (laughs) millhouse has been knocked out the next time you see him it's just exactly <laughs> like the liberal approach to fucking fascists coming across like, oh, no, you know, we're, we're ready to talk. We're ready to, you know, take you on board. Like, we know that we've got to have a consensus approach and we've got to hammer things out. So let's talk if you've got legitimate concerns. Let's talk yeah. about what you think about your community and integration. <laughs> They're never doing that with the left. Never doing no, that with a man. Of course life. not. So the same journalist who it's Marie Lacon. <laughs> you knew the second I said safe pair of hands. Last year she was just like how can anyone say that Corbyn is a good leader? It's beyond me. How can you actually support Corbyn? He's factually, objectively, empirically doing a bad job as a leader of the Labour Party. And those weren't her exact words, but it was like it's pretty basically close. Yeah, exactly. It was like, if you're on the left and you support Corbyn, you're objectively wrong, because he's just not doing politics right. And now she's all just like, fucking, ooh, ooh, can I get a Corbyn t-shirt? It's like, who are you convincing? And yeah, she wrote this whole article, basically, about how she was, like, pressured by firstly feeling that she had to be impartial which is bizarre because the british media is so right-wing that you're not helping anyone you're actively hurting people by lending any credence to right-wing arguments whatsoever she's always sort of like prior to labor's election showing marie leconte was always like well corbyn he's just objectively bad he's just shit like why are you even bothering to say otherwise but when it came to theresa may Despite her politics apparently, supposedly not being Tory politics, MLC was very kind of, well, you know, she's got the high polling and, you know... Sigh of relief. The other journalists all say she's good. They've got skin in the game. I trust them. Well, her big one was Macron. She loved Macron, like, on a weird, like... She liked all the Macron trivia about, you know, the enigma of the man, you know, who reads, like, Stendhal... And, like, yeah. is a cultured, like, he loves Puccini. And, like, do you know what else he likes? Which I think Mr. Considerate highlighted it the other day. I think Islamophobia. Islamophobia, of Attacking course. Attacking workers' rights. Exactly. Well, he's, you know, he's a French fucking cunt, and I hate him. Yeah. But <laughs> most bizarrely, away from the whole centrist bollocks that you just expect, he was quoted in 2014 as saying that he doesn't think the people 
at the time or now wanted the revolution to end in the death of the king. And that <laughs> since then, French society what has lacked melt. the influence of a king. What a and melt. that is like, that is an extreme thing to think in France. They are a fucking diehard republic in every sense. Like, they keep their yeah. republicanism dear to their heart. And every <laughs> fucking facet of their country is built on this Republican image and their Republican past and their Republican present. <laughs> They're called the fucking French Republic. And yeah. here he is, this fucking jumped up fucking nerd toad of a fucking banker cunt <laughs> who I fucking hate with every fiber of my being. Yeah. With this fruitcake view that only the far right have, the weird far right, the UKIPI get rid of the metric system kind of like right wingers of bringing back the monarchy or at least having the role of the president be that of the benevolent dictator king and that's that's the way you should look at fucking macron do you reckon macron would like this podcast do you reckon he'd like our sense of humor oh i don't think so i don't think he'd get on board with us i think we're a little bit too raw for him i think he'd start crying do you think macron's sense of humor is like Oh, it is a fantastic drawing of Mohammed. You know? <laughs> I am going to fuck this picture of Mohammed. <laughs> Give it to King Salman. <laughs> oh, this new picture of Mohammed almost as funny as Asterix. <laughs> Asterix the goal. Asterix the goal. <laughs> I don't know what fucking accent I've been doing, but... Yeah, uh... <laughs> and on that note, should we look to wrap note, up? Or do we have I anything to touch on? I think we should look to wrap up, but I didn't want to end this episode without mentioning the Guido New Lexicon for Left Dictionary. Perfect, I can't think of anything better to sign off on. Yeah, so Paul Staines has been uh, up our account recently, isn't that your theory? Yeah, his dark hand's been noticed in a lot of things, a lot of suspect accounts. That guy with the fucking Ronnie Pickering, Avi. Yeah, that was a bit creepy. That was very weird, yeah. I didn't even clock him following me, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, well, I think it's Paul Staines, or it's some... One of his little lick spittles, man. Yeah, 18 <laughs> stone and just fucking itsu, fucking potsus and fucking Taddy's Lager. And that's like not to have a dig at Sam Smith Pub, by the way. I just thought, like, that's where sort of... I love Taddy's Lager. <laughs> love it a bit. Well, they're fit enough to lift their finger up and hit the down button to scroll down people's Facebook profiles looking for private information. Like, I just picture them all at home. You know that, like, that picture that's sort of being... It was a meme a few years ago. The South Park, like, hardcore World of Warcraft guy. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. sat there, just like stains on his shirt and like a special the sort of like... The intrepid, dangerous guys behind Guido Fawkes. Oh, yeah. To see them all lined up like that, fucking Harry Cole, Paul Staines, Alex <laughs> Wickham and the other one. The fucking... Who's, uh, who's the other one? Who actually works for Guido? Like, who isn't one of those three? Oh, what's that? I'm trying to think of... um. Who's the other guy from Queen that everyone forgets? Oh, uh, Roger Deacon? Yeah. Oh, oh him, yeah. Yeah, so see... like, he's, he's the one of them. I'm not even a Queen fan, by the way. I've just got good memory for... Is it John Deacon? Members. John Deacon. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, so, all right, yeah. So, not that good a memory, then. Yeah, not that good a memory. <laughs> yeah, don't be getting excited. Yeah, the guys. other one who's the John Deacon of the fucking Guido setup. That's better than being the Michael Deacon of the Anything setup. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> don't get me thinking about him again. <laughs> uh, okay, I won't. So, so, the new lexicon of the left dictionary. I thought a pretty poor effort. 
didn't include toad that was didn't limp include, didn't include cop didn't include dot 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 has defected to isis so much of it was just missing and it was kind of done in good humor it was a lot of like you know you call someone a jolly and but like yeah, no yeah, one, like, exactly. they, they didn't say oh the etymology of this is jolly and green they defended jolly and green weirdly like apparently guido liked jolly and green did you did you clock that bit i heard that mentioned yeah yeah, learn to speak Corbinista with Guido's slang dictionary. Here we go. Okay, so Jollyon, derogatory. An upper-middle-class male member of the Labour Party whose perceived privilege prevents him from participating in the Corbyn project. I mean, I don't think that's entirely accurate because it's not just the privilege, it's the privilege combined with being a total fucking prick. Yeah, it really and... isn't like a class thing. It's not an upper-middle-class thing. I, I wasn't ever saying that Jolly and Green is upper-middle-class. I was saying he was a cunt with a stupid name. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? (laughs) And also, both of the main Jollians are former members of the Labour Party. They've both left now. In fact, Jollian Morn was encouraging people to vote Conservative. Oh, yeah, (laughs) join join the Conservative Party. He was saying, join the Tories. He was like, bite your tongue and join the Tories. I love it. This (laughs) election season has brought everything to me. It's great. But, basically, so... First, Guido, they cite a little example. They say, e.g., former Corbyn spinner, Matt Zarb cousin. I'm not a Corbyn staffer anymore, you weird jollyer. <laughs> <laughs> Derivation, coined in justifiable tribute to tedious Twitter QC, Jolly and Morn. So obviously Guido's audience hate Jolly and Morn because he's really pro-EU. Oh, that's so they've, they've, they've taken a little pop at him. But then they go on. Slightly more unfair on former Labour spinner Jollyon Green. Like, what the fuck's Jollyon Green have done that Guido, like, really like? <laughs> to be fair, I can see him having, you know, sort of like that Damien McBride kind of relationship with the oh, yeah, he would, dirty, he would have scummy leaked hacks. He would have leaked to those guys yeah, like, a, a lot. Absolutely. So, yeah, okay. But yeah, that's understandable then. I and... am going to find, though, before we sort of wrap up on it, the comment section. Oh, God, Someone, yeah. it was so perfect, I didn't want to disturb it in any way. One commenter called at grumpy underscore northerner we're off to a good start his picture is of a stereotypical northerner so i think he's from the south and it said conservative equals fascist uh (laughs) debt equals prosperity ira (laughs) equals freedom fighters british army equals terrorists muslims equal progressives christians equal reactionaries tim farron working class (laughs) equal patriotic scum (laughs) middle class equals working class which, again, doesn't make sense. What? Public sector workers equals working class. Quite C- often, True. Yeah. Up yeah. equals down. Black equals white. Day equals night. So what he says at the end of all of that is that it's all wrong. Because they're obviously incorrect things, the last three. I mean, the rest of them are fucking incorrect, apart from the IRA were freedom fighters. The British Army are terrorists. (laughs) A lot of Muslims are very progressive. A lot of reactionaries are Christian. And a lot of conservatives are fascists. Yeah. Debt is a false construct in our economy. Uh, The public sector works very often. A lot of it is pretty accurate. A lot of it is actually what we think. Yeah, fair enough. He's he's Enrichment equals death. Well, I mean, I mean, as in, if you get enriched, then you should be put to death by a firing squad. Like, I mean, he's right. Diversity equals no alternative thoughts permitted. Again, no. Yeah, yeah like plenty of diversity. Well, yeah, immensely like, preferable. Diversity is great, and eventually it will lead to the thoughts of cunts like that being expunged from society. There's a guy with a Diane Abbott avi called Diane's dance partner. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Abbott's law <laughs> always. Abbott's always law applies correct. every single time. Saying invest. Investment equals spunking cash on pet project slash 
virtue signalling. Yeah, ridiculous. Perfect. The government should virtue signal by spunking cash on pet projects like feeding, housing, and clothing their people. Before we wrap up, I want to like I love this line that's come out from Tories, which is, "Oh, anyone can win an election if you say you're just going to buy people's votes. Oh, you're going to give yeah. people stuff. Oh, anyone can win an election like that. It's like no." Sometimes you do have to offer people things. Like, yeah. a manifesto should be an offering as to what you can do for them in government. Not, we are managing the economy, kind of leave us to it, everything will balance itself out. That quote that came out from the Tory MP to Robert Peston, was it? Which was like, oh, this is the last time we're ever honest with the people. I was just going to mention that. So, yeah, the next election, they will be promising people some stuff. So be ready to just, like, not believe them and not vote for them. I'll close it on this from Mad Critic building on the new lexicon of the right. Grammar school slash private school pupils, elitists, (laughs) self-employ owners, capitalists, concerns Ah, over mass immigration, bigot, racists, xenophobic, it's getting better. Concerns over Islamic terrorism, FGM, so-called honor killings, murder yeah, all infidels. Yeah, they're not really honorable. They're not really honorable. And yeah, the people saying murder all infidels. For me, that's one of the major problems in our society. That's Islamophobic, apparently. So-called honor killings. Here's the best one. That honor. Support traditional marriage and politely oppose gay marriage. Homophobic. People said Tim Farron is a homophobe simply because... He thinks that gay people are sinners and shouldn't have the same rights as everyone else and has voted accordingly in Parliament numerous times. Ridiculous. Segregated slash divided communities equals multiculturalism and diversity. It doesn't. And youth crime and disorder equals antisocial behaviour. That's fighting over nothing, yeah. Are we still using, like, Blairite fucking ASBO rhetoric? Like, we we are leaping to the defence of the authoritarian populism (laughs) of Tony Blair. Did you see the uh, new uh, Vicky Pollard sketch on last night's Little Britain? Uh, (laughs) Really showed it to the chavs. Oh, fuck, back when chavs was an acceptable word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one more great comment is from... Pounce, which I read as Ponce, <laughs> left out. Diane Abbott equals babe. Now, I, I definitely can't quibble with that one. You're fucking right, Pounce. There we go. That's fine. There we go. Okay, I think, you know... Should we wrap it up? I think we should wrap it up. I think we should briefly say that the menacing Jerry Adam has come to town, according to our mate Harry Cole. <laughs> saying the GFA is not A-OK, and that's fine, I guess it's not, so... What else did he say? He means the Queen no harm. Oh, yeah. And and Harry Cole fucking soiled his pants that minute. People are just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) We rest on this point every single time. Yeah, it's similar to the way on the New Statesman Deep Dive podcast, which you should listen to just for new episodes. Don't listen to it in general. Matt's our cousin appeared on it, and Ian Leslie, who it turned out prior to me hearing Ian Leslie's miserable melt voice for the first time. Um, Kieran had actually had a go at him on our account a couple of days prior so I could just continue that thread when I decided to pile on. <laughs> but basically, Ian Leslie just kind of loses his shit because Matt's old cousin said, all the best and love to all the family for some cunt on Twitter. And uh, he's like, fuck, that, that's a bit menacing. But this is while having a go at Matt and just like not letting Matt get a word in because Matt called people melts, basically. Fucking loser wankers. Yeah, and Matt keeps going to say something and he's like, I- I- I'll let you come in, I'll let you come in. It's They're like, just so dweeby. Just, yeah. Like, this is crushed and like, fucking bugs. 
Oh yeah, when we get off the line here, we're gonna Appian Leslie's full of melt on. Oh yeah, Big time. he's gonna burst into tears over his dinner. Yeah, his kids are gonna ask what fuck's going on. Do you reckon he's related to Chris Leslie? Because he was actually in the interview of Matt, he was saying, and Clive Lewis has started using this really nasty personal abuse as well. Oh god, I'm sure they're all the like, fucking Leslies. Was it Chris John Leslie, the gropey presenter from the 90s? I reckon Ian is Chris Leslie's brother and or father. Yeah, and we're going to stick with that as our final idol of the night. Yeah. Alright guys, thanks for listening to The Real Politics Podcast with me, Jack Crane-Reed, and... Me, Kieran Morris. It's been a pleasure. Follow me at Coca. follow Kieran at Hipster Scumbag, follow podcast at Real Politcast. This is all on Twitter. Just, uh, sorry, I should have said that. And also our sadly missing comrades at YS Rice. Missing, they're missing people. We're in contact with <laughs> police. At YS Rice, our boy Yair, and our boy Tom at tfoster underscore 94. Cheers, guys. Arrivederci. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.